Welcome to Albinism Talk with Marvelyn, which your host Marvelyn Green. Before I introduce to you our amazing guest, please remember to follow Yell for Change on all social media platforms. And please remember to also subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you would like to take part in the Yale and Yellow campaign, please send your pics to Y4C's Instagram page. All race and ethnic backgrounds are also welcome. Without further ado, we have an amazing guest in the room tonight. She's all the way from South Africa. She is a wife. She is a businesswoman. And she is an inspiration to the PWA community. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Bonnie Crystal Roberts. How you doing, Bonnie? Welcome to Albanas and Talk with Marvelyn from the UK. How you doing, my sister? Thank you. I'm good. I'm good. Um, I'm blessed and uh, I suppose grateful that we live by his grace day by day. Amen. So, Ronnie, just to give a little introduction about you to the audience who do not know about you. So, can you just like give a little intro about yourself, what you do, quote unquote? Sure. Um, uh, my name is Bonisile Crystal Roberts. I am from South Africa. I am uh, the CEO of an electric vehicles company in Africa called Agility South Africa. And um, what else? I am a wife. I am a mother of one very naughty, almost three-year-old girl. Um, I am a daughter, a sister, an advocate of justice and what is overall right. Um, I like, I don't like the term feminist, but I do very much believe that women are supposed to be treated equally to men in every way, shape or form. And I believe we've used religion and other sources of patriarchy to um, continue to, I suppose, uh, reduce women to nothing more than, you know, um, ovens for for babies and and domestic duties for the pleasure of men so i'm an advocate um all around for everything that is right and justice i suppose awesome that's amazing that you advocate for woman power yes i love that um so funny the question i'm going to ask you (laughs) I want to ask you, you know, the obvious question I'm going to ask you, I know that you are a person with albinism. So I'm going to ask you firsthand, you know, when you was little or younger, what age did you notice that you was different from your family members? Sure. Um, I think, I can't remember the exact age. I just know that in my family certain things were a norm um so i think it might have taken long because we all wore sunscreen we all wore hats nobody played in the sun um we all played in a shade for a certain period of time you know so they made it that it just became the norm for everybody and for some reason all our friends came to play in our yard 
Um, we never went out to visit other friends. I think it only dawned on me later on that it might have been that my aunt, who was raising me at the time, and subsequently thereafter my mother, might have had a chat with the parents of those kids or something. But when I was a kid, we never had um, differences, particularly in the family. I only started noticing treatment when you leave the confines of your home of the four walls of the house and of the four walls of the fence as opposed of the yard and when you get out there into the world that's when you've got people um calling you names um you know kids calling you white and then there were other names that were created in the community to refer to people with albinism um that were derogatory and you know um you, I only noticed that it must be something wrong when the adults I'd be walking with would get angry or start shouting at people when they um, were hurling out those names. And I suppose that's what recorded in my head that, oh, okay, there must be something wrong with this name. And, um, and I didn't know it was being directed at me until people were pointing in my direction. Then, okay, I knew, you know, this is, is, is a bad name because clearly my aunt is angry about it my mom's angry about it um and um and it's being directed at me so so that was that and then my mom was a nurse thankfully um so she explained what albinism was to me from a biological sense from day one um from from as old as i could remember albinism was explained to say you have pink skin um because your skin is when God made you, he left out a little component that is a dye that makes you brown. And every person who's not brown um, is lacking or has a little bit of that dye in them that makes their skin brown. And it is that dye that also allows you to go to the sun. That's why you must put on sunscreen because you don't have this dye. That's basically the language that my mom introduced albinism to when she was explaining to me, I think. I don't know how old I was, probably three, four, somewhere there. I love the term die, you know. I love the fact that she uses die as a way of speaking. <laughs> maybe, maybe obviously, obviously, like for a three-year-old, you wouldn't know what melanin or pigmentation is. So I'm glad that she used in a simplest form to explain to you about your condition. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um so I'm going to ask you about your educational side of things, like in school. I was asked my guests from PWA community, I was asked them these questions, like, did they receive accommodation? So did you receive any accommodations in school in terms of, like, for your learning, for example, extra times in your exams, um, large prints you know in in, um, in front of the board in your primary and secondary years yeah well um because my mom was a nurse um and most people i suppose in the health care um i don't know what to call it fraternity and industry whatever they tend to have a little bit of ocd in them from experience I've seen they tend to be a bit OCD about everything. So she in she panicked that I wouldn't be able to cope in the mainstream um, education environment. So mm-hmm. she immediately sought for a school 
specifically for partially sighted or blind children. Mm-hmm. And there was one um, that was a boarding school um, called Princehof in a in a town, a city called Pretoria um, here in South Africa. So that's where I she took me when I was about five years old after I finished um, grade zero or grade R and you're supposed to now start grade one. Um, so so she took me there. I hated it. Um, I hated being far from home. So after about two weeks, I ran away uh, from home. Uh, I normally would come home every weekend. So on Monday morning when I'm supposed to now go back to school, I ran away to my friend's house and she looked for me when she found me. I think my friend's mom must have called her. Um, she realized that I hate the environment and I hated it because it was far, not because there was something wrong with the school or anything. I just didn't like being far from my mom. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I didn't need a board or anything when I was in primary school. So I didn't see the need. So then she opted to go the route of taking me to mainstream schools, but having to explain to the teachers that I do have an eyesight problem, I may need to sit in the front um, or next to the teacher and so forth. So with that came the normal ridicule that comes with being a nerd, not necessarily associated with albinism. It was just all kids that sit by the teacher, our teacher's pets, um, all the kids that sit in the front and answer all the questions. I mean, if you sit in the front, you generally get asked most of the questions and um, you answer them. Um, you you know, the teacher just takes a keen interest in you. And I just so happened to like school. So I sort of gravitated maybe towards being a nerd. Um, and I don't know if that's a result of the albinism and therefore being close to the teacher or whether I was just born to be a nerd and like school. I don't know <laughs> but I became a nerd um, in, from primary school into high school primary school I never got any special treatment um, in terms of exam writing I didn't need larger prints um, I had I had um, classes and I sat in the front and I always preferred that the teacher would say whatever she's writing um, so that I can write as she writes I never actually even, even though I was close to the board I never saw anything that she wrote on the board, particularly if they were writing in a like a yellow chalk or a green chalk. Uh, the board itself was green. Our our board that's cl- in class were green. So I never really liked those. Um, when I was at the school for the partially sighted, um, they used to use um, projectors and um but you never looked at the projector your desk had a screen a computer screen and you shared that screen with another person next to you and whatever the teacher was writing on her projector um you 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 could see it on your screen but in the mainstream schools um they used a normal board which i couldn't see even though i sat in the front so i asked the teacher to please um say whatever she's writing so i would write it as she writes and as a result i became more of an audio person uh, rather than um reading and um i would you know i would pass exams purely because i remembered what the teachers were saying in school um and not because i opened a thick book and spent hours and hours and hours studying the book I just wrote exams purely based on memory. You would associate a certain topic to what a teacher was wearing on the day 
this was discussed and certain questions were asked and so forth and i would now and then um, refer to the notes i wrote um but most of the time i just remembered based on what was said in class and this carried on into high school which i guess is why i gravitated more towards numbers there's less cramming that you need to do with a number you understand the theory you understand the formula you understand when it applies and you practice and you practice and you practice and you practice the sums you get easier ones you get more difficult ones until you 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 are comfortable with that formula then you move on to the next topic etc etc so i ended up gravitating towards those kind of numbery type of subjects except science which i hated um i hated science and and everybody thought nerds like maths and science and you're supposed to be an engineer or something i hated science <laughs> Um, I did accounting and um, uh, business management, economics, that kind of thing. So, so yeah, and 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 it was mostly an audio thing. When I got to grade eleven, I suspect um, another child in our school that had albinism joined, but she was much younger than me. And I don't, I'm suspecting. They didn't tell me, but um, suddenly the teacher's treatment toward me changed when she joined us. um they suddenly asked if i wanted extra time in exams which i was never offered and um they wanted to print my 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 uh, exam papers you know in a3 instead of a4 um which made me the subject of great ridicule amongst my mates so i went to the teachers and i said um i'm okay i can see a4 i don't need a bigger print it's more hassle you know to page through and i waste more time just trying to get my way around this paper than writing the exam and looking at the questions so i asked them to return the you know back to the way we were normally doing it and i didn't need any extra time i don't need special treatment i'm fine um, and 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 that's how it was yeah, going into varsity that was the same thing let me explain to those who are in the room about the a3 paper i don't know some of you might not know what a3 is it's like okay it's two a4 paper put together times two right and i know what you're saying because yeah the same thing happened to me i was and i think is i don't mind having a large print you know but i didn't want to carry that big paper in school you know and i to the teacher exactly i don't mind it can make the the front a bit bigger but I don't want it on the A3 it's too big and it's taking up first of all it's taking up too much room in my bag and first and second of all it's making it heavy so for those who know I I mean I know this <laughs> I definitely can say that because I had that they gave me extra time in in school as well but at one point I just didn't want I felt when they when they were giving me exams on us doing my GCSEs I felt like I was isolated from everybody else and that's how it made me feel and i said i don't want to sit i want i don't want to be yeah. in a, i don't want to be in a room with you know and there was other special needs kids there but i just wanted to sit with everybody in the exam room you know what i mean but yeah i i can actually relate yeah, to that exactly. i definitely can and with the green board oh my good god all right let me just say this right the green board or blackboard blackboard or green board <laughs> Jeez, it is the the, the struggle Same. is real. The struggle is real. See? Yeah, I'm telling you because it's like, especially if the 
the chalk is um, blurry on the board. So if you, so you well, know, they, they didn't the clean that thing. board thoroughly, exactly. And so that residue, that white residue. Yes, they use that thing to clean the what's it called again? That kind of bo- um, board rubber thing they use, and mm-hmm. then it's like they rub the board but then it's like it doesn't clean the board per se you can still see the chalk um residue on the board yeah yeah so even if there was the right notes you can't it's not clear enough but i also had when i was in school as well in the uk they had whiteboards but they also had color pens and the thing i struggled with and i, I hated those pens the red and the green if pens, you eat, right? like just use black and and make sure it's not finished. It's like brand yes. new. <laughs> oh my god! Wow! I'm telling you, that's what I went through like, in school. I had to beg the teachers, do not write in pink or green. Those are them pens I don't like because I can't. It's like I'm, I know you're writing your notes, but I prefer the black pen or the maybe blue. The dark blue yes. or your blue pen, I can see those colors yes. writing. Yes. But the red and the green, I don't know why these teachers want to put green and pink. They do it purposely sometimes. That's what I think. I don't get it either. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, and, and, and you could so, see that it's almost like you are annoying them and they have this whole lesson plan uh, that they've prepared and they want to execute it exactly according to the lesson plan. And you know you do especially with the graphs because now you have different graphs that they want to draw you know and each graph must be a different color and you tell them listen i can only see the first two graphs after that i i can't see (laughs) yes oh my god for real for real i'm telling you that happened to me in school and i was just like do you know what yeah i can't deal with this today I can't do with this today. I'm like, God, I can't do with this today because <laughs> you're just really gonna annoy me today. I mean, I know you think, but obviously, you know that I have a, I'm, I'm visually impaired, and you're you're just doing this on purpose. So, I I can relate to the blackboard, the whiteboard with the green and and pink, or even reddish pens and all of that. I can relate to that. How difficult it is um, to really see and sometimes even if you're sitting in the front and you're in the color it's, it's still bad because it's like because of the back of our eyes the detail is not grammatically correct so that's one of the things that oh my god that yeah. struggle the struggle is real so and they uh, wouldn't understand how you can't see because you're sitting in the front <laughs> when you tell them i can't see and they say but you're sitting right there <laughs> But the thing is, even if you're sitting in the front and your vision is still low because of the lack, because I, I was told when I done the optician, they said to me, because of the the back of your eyes is the is the um, part where it makes you see detail. So that's the reason why we've asked mm-hmm. um the detail is not of seeing things is not developed because of the lack of pigmentation or a little bit of pigmentation in the back of my eyes. I was told by this then the opticians when I go to have my eye test. So that's why the reasons why I was like, oh, it makes sense that why I have to sit in the front and I'm still struggling because of that. So um, let's move on to the next question. Um, you mentioned that you are a CEO of a company. Let's go to employment-wise. So, 
Um, when did you um, become the founder of your company that you started, and when? What year was it established? Actually, I didn't found the company. I just got promoted into that position. Um, so Agility is, 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 is run and founded by uh, a bunch of shareholders. They saw your they saw your hard work, so they decided to promote my sister. But I'm so happy for you. Congratulations on that, on your promotion, and I pray that you go to higher heights in your journey of work. You know they say hard work pays off, and obviously it's rewarding to know that you got promoted for something as this. So um, so one of the things with employment and in the PWA community and I've done these talks recently to to, to learn more about Alpenacin from different people and the one thing I've come to understand is just because mm-hmm. you have Alpenacin or if I have Alpenacin it doesn't mean that my journey or your journey is the same so I want to ask about employment side of things in South Africa what's it like for PWAs now for employment side of things um, sure. To speak, I, I would be scared to generalize. So um, I will simply just relay my my um, story. Um, mm. I was I was fortunate enough that I was able to finish um, what we call matric, which is twelfth grade, and mm. enter varsity. University is basically freedom um, in our country. If you can make it into university every resource that you would need to be a success is in the university. So we had a, a, a center for the for, for disability uh, students where you could get um, glasses and all other support systems and measures that you needed. As soon as you have that degree um, and, you, and you are looking for employment, we have um, employment equity in our country. We have what they call... Um, um, broad-based black economic empowerment in our country and that is a policy that is implemented to to redress the injustices of the past and i mean we went through apartheid but now what this policy includes is every single group of people that are termed as previously disadvantaged and that and under that they include women um black people um youth and people with disabilities and as, as you can imagine, each category is, is, is scored differently and um, the government gives certain incentives to employee, to employers to employ people that fall within those categories. And as a young person straight fresh out of university, I am black, I am a woman, I am, according to them, disabled um, and I'm young. So I meet every single one of those checkboxes. I did not have problems finding a job at all. At all, I would every employ every job I applied for, I got. Um, when I when I finished my third year, my final year of my undergraduate degree, I thought going through the interview process was going to be difficult. So since I intended on on pursuing a, a an honors degree, I'm going to use this 
session as practice round um, and attend some interviews and get to learn and make my mistakes and so on while I'm practicing because the intention is to come back next year and and study full-time anyways then I got four job offers from my so-called practice round um, for for internships and graduate programs and then um, I decided well I'm gonna continue with my with my honors degree I'm going to continue to live in Res. I don't know if what you guys call Res in, in the UK, um, but it's a university accommodation. I'm mm. going to continue to live in Res. I'm going to study and I'm going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did just that. My classes were in the evenings. So I went to work um, during the day and I went through my two-year graduate program. Um, and then after that, I changed universities to do my master's, my employment, uh, my employer paid all my fees for me to do my master's. And I finished my master's, graduated with distinction. And then after that, they did some org restructuring in my company that I didn't like. I had fallen in love with what I was doing and I wanted to specialize in what I was doing. But the reorg- the restructuring of the company was going to make me a generalist. And I wanted to be a specialist in project finance so i i left the company and i joined a a a, a another um company um uh, a boutique investment bank and there i i um was there for five months um then the company shut down and then after that i faced turmoil with employment absolute turmoil. it's like i went from getting um, every job I wanted to getting rejection after rejection after rejection after rejection after I mean I, I applied for like 20 jobs and um, I eventually got um, um, I was attending a church called Joy International and the pastor there was also CEO of a, of a, a private equity fund so he, he, he brought me on as a contractor there and at least I could earn a little bit of an income, you know. And by then, I'm 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 I'm, I'm a married woman. First year of marriage was supposed to be in bliss, but you're undergoing all this um, financial turmoil. And um, by God's grace, I suppose you know. Once I got that contractor role, it opened doors for another position um, in another private equity company, and they were looking for a senior associate there. So I joined them as the senior associate. Um, and 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 worked and then got fired from that deal, uh, um, uh, job. I say fired because after six months of probation, they said they're not keeping me. So they didn't outright say you fired, but they fired me. And uh, there could be various reasons why, but I'm pretty sure I know why they fired. And it predominantly because I was trying to fight for certain rights in our employment contracts that they were trying to implement, like maternity benefits, which were, were not being given, um, you know, the ability to study um, and, and, and upgrade ourselves, etc. And flexi hours, because we plan to be mothers and you can't just have rigid working hours, etc. So I was being a pain. I suppose to them and they let me go and then after that um, I started my own company uh, providing advisory services um, for projects uh, that require financing and helping them to raise capital as well uh, preparing financial models and business plans and all those things that are needed for a company to 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 be able to go and approach a bank or a development uh, finance institution etc for a project and then um, whilst I was uh, doing that, I then um, 
um, joined another company um, called Cresco that that also does project finance specifically. And I joined them because I loved project finance, but they were doing a lot of government deals, um, which I wasn't getting much exposure in. So I joined them, but that stint didn't last very long. Then I went back into unemployment. Um, I didn't want to restart my company and get clients again because I wanted to go back into the employment space full time. And after some struggles, I then um, got called by Agility, which had nothing to do with what I was doing. I literally changed. I was doing project finance, investment banking, corporate finance, finance basically, and investments all my careers of over 10 years. And they called me to say, come and be a COO of this EV company that manufactures electric bikes. (laughs) There was a total... Wow. industry and I was panicking thinking what the hell do I know about manufacturing wow <laughs> and wow. operations your, your, your and resume is really big <laughs> yes I love I love this I love this type of stories <laughs> I love it because you know <clears throat> oh gosh I was so nervous girl it's alright that's God right there because the door opened and you never least expected honestly that's a door open for you. And sometimes the yep, very yep. thing that you're not expecting to get, it will just fall right on your lap. Trust me. I know. And exactly. The thing is, you, you, you work you worked for That's a different way. And sometimes, sometimes I see as, you know, when you get terminated from certain companies, right? I, I remember when I had my first job and everything and he didn't feel like they never believed in me, but... I, I and I was upset and everything, you know. Trust me, I was. Anybody who gets let go of a job is obviously is devastating. But I look at it as, look here, you, maybe that one one door closes, another one opens. So I just take it as, you know what? I'm glad I had the experience, but I know I'm I'm gonna keep climbing for next opportunities. And that's something that I have learned about yeah. my story. You understand me? So I'm very happy to hear these kind of stories and congratulations on your achievement of being a CEO for a motorbike company. I'm so glad for you. I'm proud of I'm proud of you, Queen. Trust me. And you know, I know nothing comes easy, but you know, something hard work does <laughs> pay off. Hard work does pay off. Yep, that's so, true. That's one true. of the one of the things I wanna ask you is um, you know, what is your message for a PWA who is looking for employment, what is your message to them? Um, when you are on the hunt, um, don't, don't be afraid to bring it up in your interviews. Um, they need to, they need to, they need to know where where your challenges lie. They need to know where um, your shortcomings are. And they need to know that you are aware of those shortcomings and how you intend on um, overcoming them in in doing your job. So they mustn't feel that bringing you on board is going to reduce productivity in any way, um, or allow uh, or make them have to adjust a specific job um, just for you. 
So, so you need to effectively prove to them how you are going to create an environment along with their assistance that is conducive enough to ensure that productivity is not in any way negatively impacted by them mm-hmm. employing you over somebody else. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you an example. I have um, to work with a laptop um, all the time. And and um, I would say, listen, um, I will need to do presentations with the board. I would need to um, attend certain online meetings, etc. So I need my laptop, the font adjusted, first of all. Some of the some of the items that I may need or programs that um, I work with um, don't adjust by default when you adjust the font of um, your laptop. And the same goes for the phone, you know, the work phone, etc. WhatsApp is great because at least the font does increase when you change when you when you change the font on on on, on under settings, you know. Um, so I would just say to them, if you can just get me whoever's in your IT department to assist there. Um, I would have no other issues with doing my job on a day-to-day. And two, if I have to, for example, do presentations, other people would read the PowerPoint presentation as they make the presentation. But I know I can't see what I'm presenting. The people can see what I'm presenting. So I now need to memorize my speech, memorize my presentation beforehand and present it without reading because there's nothing I can see anyways but I would have known that on that slide I'm discussing this this is what's on there these are the diagrams I need them to focus on etc so when I when I present it everybody ends up saying you, you you're so well spoken oh you're so eloquent there was an awesome presentation and um, because half the people are so used to reading their speeches and we don't have that opportunity um to 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 rely on what's on paper or what's on the screen we have to cram the stuff like actors and go and present it and and and, and like an actor basically but that's, that's how I have to prove to them that I'm doing extra work to make sure that I will still be able to do this job the way anybody else would. Wow. Do you know what really amazes me about you is the fact that even though because of your vision and support, um, you have find ways to accommodate yourself, improvising. And I think that's something... I will take away from this interview and that, you know, improvision is, is, is second nature in, in our community. And there are times where I had to find ways in work too, like to really accommodate myself as well. Like, you know, I work for a well-known company. Obviously, I don't really want to disclose it for security reasons. So, um, and the department I'm in is... Um, it's so you know it's hard work but i had to accommodate myself in work to to do my job efficiently um but i don't think that some people who have albinism don't know that method of accommodating for themselves and that's something that i would love to really deposit as well and encourage to find ways of adapting to different skills Mm adapting to different methods to really help you so you can do your work efficiently. Exactly. 
Um, moving on to the next question. Now, one of the things of Yell for Change is to bring up the stigma around albinism, and um, it is also we're going to talk about the beefs. Thank you, Sylvia, for your comment. Welcome. Um, we're going to talk about the myths now. Now, in certain parts of Africa, I am aware of the dangerous risk factor of having albinism. And what is your view on this intake about these myths that our people with albinism have some kind of superpowers? What's your view on this? You're breaking up, Marilyn. All right, guys, apologize. Okay, um, so we got. Um, can you hear me now? Can you hear me? Yes, better. Should I switch off my camera? No, 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 no. It's fine. Camera is fine. Okay. It happens all the time. So I don't know. Internet problems always occur whenever I'm doing this talk. So, apologies for that. I don't know why he's doing that. But I'm asking about your opinion about the myths in Africa. What is your view mm-hmm. on this myths about the uh, violence against PWA? Half of them are funny. Uh, half of them are funny and all of them are based purely on um, ignorance, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Ignorance breeds fear and fear breeds and, and 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 you know it could just be fear or just the 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 inability to deal with ambiguity or 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 um, things you don't quite understand so you create answers to your own questions hello mama it's my little baby she oh, doesn't want hi. to sleep you don't want to sleep mama hello. you don't want to sleep say hi welcome she's welcome. about to fall asleep but um we normally read and sleep together so so i was saying it's it's okay he wants to say hi teddy go put teddy to bed go put teddy to bed yeah you don't want to put teddy to bed okay so so like i was saying she um Mommy's talking to Auntie, eh? Okay, go, go, go ask Daddy to give you some juice, ne? So, sorry, Marilyn. Um, yeah, with the with the myths, I think if it's it's mostly stemming from ignorance and you know people just wanting answers, and so they are too scared to ask for the answers, and so they create their own. Mm-hmm. Um, so that it makes more sense to them, and most of their answers are purely emanating emanating from fear. Mm-hmm. You don't know; it's different, um, and you're scared of it, and so you create the stories in your head about mm-hmm. it. Um, and 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 those stories make sense to you; they make you feel better, and then you start spreading them, like rumors. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's unfortunate. It's, it's it's unfortunate, and particularly in Africa, uh, we're very big on 
on, on, on spirituality and mythicism and, 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 and the like. So over and above just the albinism, we're just very big on those kind of things. And so this just adds to a culture that already exists. And this brings a physical, tangible object or subject. Um, and that's only going to fuel the, the, the myths that fly around. Wow, and the thing is, what what you know, what I don't understand is in these myths why are they attacking babies and children, you know, and that's something that really disturbs me. And when I see, it's easy I, targets. It's easy targets. Yeah, easy targets. But I just think they just, you know, I just think that you're picking on vulnerable. The vulnerable, I would say, that can't fight for themselves. I just think that makes you weak, to be honest. And mm-hmm. I was, I was look at these myths as, what are, you, what are you gaining out of that by selling body parts on the black market, killing them for rituals? And another thing I've actually got to learn as well for those who just joined in the room as well. I also done a talk with a few P, um, P, PWAs a couple of weeks back, and they've shared, the listeners shared with me that um, they have they have to protect the dead bodies of a PWA because of the rituals that they, if a person with Albertson passes away, they don't bury them in, they, they have a kind of special burial at night or something like that to protect them from being digged up for rituals which really yeah. which really and then, and then they would say things like a person of albinism vanishes mm. vanish wow yeah so because nice. they're buried at night and no one can attest to having attended a funeral mm-hmm. mm. but that's I was I saying just... to my husband that I mm. want to be cremated for that very reason and I said to my parents the same thing. Uh, they must cremate me, and they all just stood up and said, "No, uh, they don't want to. They don't want to cremate me." Um, the Bible says that in the end times um, we're going to be resurrected. How are they going to resurrect you if you are ash? <laughs> well, that's what they say. After earth, ashes, ashes, dust to dust, right? <laughs> When you go to a funeral service, that's what they say. Ashes, ashes, dust to dust. Peaceful and 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 they say to me to my face that you will be dead. So we will do with your body what we see fit. Wow. I, I, I mean, put it this way, like you know, a lot of people maybe are in fear of going to Africa because of these dangerous myths so um for me personally I, I i if i was to come to africa maybe i'll probably have to have some kind of security and whatnot for me because you know because of these these myths and obviously a part of me i want part of me when i say i'm gonna go to these places but then it's like i don't really want to put myself in no danger i'm a wife as well so you know, I'm sure my husband will be like, I don't want my missus to come home safe, you know? Mm. Uh, so those are the things that I have to really take into account as well. But I think I'm learning more and more 
about these kind of things in the albums and community and and one another thing that I have to bring this up as well like one other myth that they talked about is PWA can cure AIDS or HIV and honestly I yes if, um they just take you for someone and you'll get cured and 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 ach, but they also say if you sleep with a virgin you'll get cured I mean it's it's just ridiculous and I think that's why the, the rape rate rates are very high because of this. So, I mean, for me, I see it as I, instead of it's curing, it's actually the person's receiving it. So they have to live a lifetime of carrying a disease, which, which oh God, this is a lot. And some women maybe can't get pregnant or a man can't get, you know, you know, just have a reproducing a child or something like that because of the because of that, and obviously having HIV does carry a stigma as well. It does carry a big stigma. So can you imagine having albinism and mm-hmm. then they come with these beliefs that perhaps some albinism cures AIDS? Like, um, I just think it's the most ignorant thing. And sometimes I laugh at these things, not because of some, but not because of the. Um, the fact that someone is ill that's something I wouldn't do but I laugh at the ignorance of these these type of mindset I think is very ignorant ignorance is ignorance is no bliss mm-hmm. so that's one of the things that I have learned about these myths I don't know the myths that I'll tell you this now because as, as, as a Caribbean person they even said that well, um, your mum must have been on her period when she had sex and that's when you come out that way and I was like what what kind of a thing is that today? <laughs> oh my gosh well yeah. that's a new one that's the first yes yeah, so that's what they come out with that a woman had, when she was on her menstrual cycle she had sex and that's how you know you probably come up with albinism we should have you... a lot more PWAs if that's the case <laughs> a lot more <laughs> girl I'm telling you this is this is the reality of this is the reality <laughs> that we're seeing where people come with these things. and another myth that I've also heard is like uh, the woman slept, slept with a white man another one of the myths that they said a woman why slept. isn't the baby mixed then so what happens with exactly. the mixed race babies Exactly. Right. You know <laughs> Exactly. This are kind of these are kind of stupidity on of ignorance that I cannot entertain. Um <laughs> and it's one of the it's, it's, you know what? I'm kinda glad that we can laugh at this because it's better to laugh than to be angry. You know, it's better really really laugh and um and just smile because you know what there's no point getting yourself worked up over things like this you know you know the truth you know who your your mom and your dad you know and one of the things i've learned in the albinism is that everybody is a carrier of the gene when a woman is pregnant you don't know what a couple of babies gonna come out you're yeah. growing something inside of you yeah. Oh, you know, the baby's growing nine months, 39 weeks. Exactly. So when you when you give birth now, that's when you will know if the child has albinism or not. 
by looking at the hair, the first thing you notice or not, yeah, you notice the hair of the person when they are born or a child, I should say. Um, so I'm going to move on to the next question mental health as a part of Health for Change advocacy. Um, it's also to bring awareness to mental health within the PWA community. So, in your opinion, Bunny, is that spoken about? Have you ever heard anyone mention about mental health? I've um, seen it. I've experienced it. Um, you know, I think not with myself per se, but I, I do have family members that have alcoholism in my family. Um, and I've seen the psychological, you know, the, the lack of self-confidence that's, uh, that's there, the, you, the, the inner, the inability or unwillingness to just partake in life and you just want to close yourself up in a cocoon that makes you then start to believe that there's certain things you can't do which then makes you lesser of a human being and it escalates to the point where you now no longer want to live anymore um people won't even miss you if you did the world will be a better place without you etc etc so you know i've had a, a, a cousin um that was going through something similar and um you know throughout that process there was also a lot of anger that was harbored you know um and and, and so i've seen it and and with some friends as well i've seen it um i've experienced people who who really had it rough and i i can you know i would think what might have saved me um apart from the fact that i just had a family that was full on supportive i always say is i i my mother took me out of the township um early into the suburbs and people in the burbs don't like each other um you know and i say it with the utmost respect they do not like each other they don't you know greet um each other every day and, and visit each other and drink tea they just see each other in the driveway and hello hello bye and that's it so and then you you go to the mall and so so you you don't get the 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 ridicule as intensely as you do in the townships in the townships there are no white people um there are no mixed race people it's just black people and so you're the only pink person and um and 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 that's where all the myths come and the 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 spirituality people you know with the with the with the uh, sangomas and the ritual killings and all of that it's in the townships so you get a lot more pain uh, ridicule and 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 ostracizing and prejudice generally when you live in the townships so i think the experiences of people you know with albinism who lived and grew up in the townships might be different from me i was i was born and raised in the rural areas which is it's like below townships and then immediately from there went i did a very short stint in the townships and then moved to the burbs so all my teenage years you know where you go through adolescence and you're supposed to hate yourself and 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 i was already no longer facing the name calling and the ridicule the last time i faced that i was probably 6 or 7 years old so i blocked it for the remainder of my journey and my childhood and it wasn't as bad you know um but for for i would say for those who did grow up experiencing it every single day it really it hit home and it had an impact and you know very often you'd get them self-loathing 
you'll get the depression the non-willingness to live no one wants to I mean in the township it was so bad I remember I dated a guy um, mm-hmm. I dated this guy for six years and his family hated me um, wow. and he tried to hide it for a while eventually he told me he had family members that would spit on the floor when wait wait they wait wait, walked, wait wait hold on you know, wait a minute Repeat that, please. Did you say spit? Yes, because the belief is um, if you see someone with albinism, you will turn. So they believe vitiligo is someone who came across someone who had albinism. And this thing was, I don't know, contagious, I suppose. So Uh now if you don't want this to pass on to you, when now you start losing melanin, you must spit on the floor. And, and they would spit whenever I'd come around. And, and I ended up saying, you know, I don't even know how you and I are going to get married. And these are supposed to be my in-laws when they spit on the floor whenever they come across me. You know what I mean? And, um, but yeah, we, we obviously didn't get married. But that wasn't the reason why we broke up. But thankfully, they are not my in-laws. Thank God you got out of that, sis. They'll probably kill you and you don't you I wouldn't be talking to you today. Yeah. Sometimes I look at that, you know. You know? Yeah. What becomes your ritual is your biggest blessing. And, you know, thank God that I have my in-laws that love and accepts me as well. And um, to know that people spit, you know. And, you know, spitting is is more or less assault on somebody. It's it's worse than, I would say it's more or less you you hit somebody then. Because you're basically passing bacteria. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that is disgusting. Oh my god, mm-hmm. I'm so sorry that you actually went through that. But <laughs> I'm glad that I'm glad that he is his loss, and it's their loss because they couldn't look beyond the color of your skin and didn't see you funny. They just look at her, look at your albinism as something that right. is, um, you know, that's different. And sometimes. I don't know where have we become so ignorant and not embracing uniqueness and differentness, and and I just think that ignorance is for fools. And at the end of the day, with vitiligo, I'm glad that you mentioned that because vitiligo is autoimmune; you can't catch it. And so is albinism. Albinism is not contagious. Mm-hmm. It's not like a cold or a flu where you can say, "I'm too." And you'll catch the cold or, you know, it's, it's cold Yes. Oh, you touch me in. Oh, you touch yeah, me. Oh, my skin's going to go white. Yes. <laughs> I, and, then, and then on top of that, you're like, um, okay, I'm, I'm, I, I'm not going to lie. There were times where I felt that nah, I was diseased. I don't know. I'm not going to lie. And there were times where, you know, there's some some people like not all my family members, but some of them they, you know, they kind of ridiculed me. But I had the, I had some good people from my country that that embraced me and loved me beyond albinism and and so forth. And I've got some amazing people up till now that's supporting me with my journey with Yell for Change and and my project and also with albinism. You know, and um, to know I've never experienced the spitting. But I experienced the walking on the side of the road thing. No one don't want to walk next to me or some family members when they have wedding functions, they don't want to sit next to me 
kind of thing. I've experienced that firsthand, but oh. I, I didn't understand why they did it. But if I was to confront them now about it, you know, they're probably like, oh, it's quite cold. It's like, no, what you, what, you ridiculed me. And you know, when you ridicule somebody, it, 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 it really hits the self-esteem, sis. It hits the self-esteem because of the rejection, being dehumanized, being ostracized, being prejudiced, mm. stereotypes, and being stigma, stigmatized. And when, when, and, and, and it does affect you socially to form relationships, having albinism, because I know there's a lot of PWAs right now are struggling to really to bond with someone because of the stigma that comes around it. Yeah. And obviously it does yep. take a toll on the mental health aspects of things. So one of the things with Yell for Change is about exposing the mental health aspects of having albinism due to the stigma and due to um, the the actual dehumanizing of PWAs. And I want to really encourage PWAs to really come out and speak out more about your don't suffer in silence and that's the message that I want to really deposit in the PWA community all over. Doesn't matter. I mean and I understand that it's very hard to trust people and it's not easy to trust somebody sometimes. But there are people in the professional world who can help you and support you regarding your mental health. Reach out to somebody who can help you. And that's something that I want to really deposit. Um I am going to move on now to this very thing. Right. Now it's the time to bring up the situation with the sunscreen. Not the sunscreen, the you got you posted a post, an article on Facebook about you went to some kind of government office. Please tell your story on this. Explain in, in your words what really happened. So I I had my um wallet stolen some about two months ago mm-hmm. and uh, you know my id uh, card was on there my driver's license was in there everything so i now had to go through a process of replacing all my cards mm-hmm. um and the driver's license needs you to have your id card when you apply for a replacement of your driver's license so the first step was to go get my id card which we get at a government office called home affairs mm-hmm. and they have so I went there at um, I went there just before 9 a.m. They open at 8. So mm-hmm. I went there in the morning. I'm thinking, okay, as long as I can be inside by say half past nine, um, I I I should be okay. And it was um, cold at first. So I thought, okay, there's you know it's cloudy. It's it's the perfect time to go there. I wore my sunscreen as usual, took my my black umbrella as usual, and went. When I when we got there, they they didn't even open the gate for us. We were standing in a queue outside the gate in the <clears> sun. <throat> then at around ten o'clock, they eventually opened the gate for us to enter, but not the building. So we're standing next to the building on, on the wall against the wall of this building from around ten until about half past three. So ten a.m. till three thirty p.m. I'm, I'm, I'm out there in the sun so yeah. yes so I, you could be reapplying sunscreen all day 
and and but if you are literally in the scorching heat and and it was no longer partly cloudy or cloudy it it just got hot i think it got to 30 32 degrees Celsius. I don't know what that is in in in, in Fahrenheit. Yeah, that's, that's um, about, but it was about 32 degrees Celsius. That's about I'm not sure probably about 60 to 70 Fahrenheit. I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure. Yeah. Carry on. Thing, but it was it was it was scorching hot. Pure summer weather. And um so and and there's no shade. Um, that you can go and sit at and ask someone to hold your your place, even if they were to hold your place, you there is no way for you to sit and and have enough shade. There were mm-hmm. mothers who, you know, this was the most painful for me. I mean, yes, I can feel for me and my sunburn. There were mothers with newborn babies who just came out of the hospital, probably have a three week old baby, a two week old baby, and they've come to that office to register their children and get birth certificates for their children. I couldn't understand that thought process. I thought this is something that must be done in the hospitals. You're not supposed to leave the hospital with your baby without a birth certificate for your baby. Why you need to give birth in a hospital and still come back to a government office with a newborn baby, you healing from C-sections and the like, and you must stand there the whole day with a newborn baby. There's no place to sit and breastfeed. You know, it's barbaric. It is just, it's ridiculous. I couldn't believe it. And wow. and um, the government officials just keep coming in. They just keep coming out and telling us the system is offline. They're having problem um, connecting to the system. Um, the lines are long, you know, ridiculous excuses. It's school holidays, so there's too many people um, that are coming and young children, you know, matriculants that are writing 12th grade. And so they, they are now upgrading from the birth certificate to their ID card. And, and, and that's why the line is this long. Oh, the elderly, the elderly. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. The elderly had to bring camping chairs so they can sit there the whole day so you literally just block off your whole day you bring camp chairs you bring umbrellas you bring food you are there all day and our skin can't take that kind of heat even if you wear sunscreen which i did i had to leave go back to my car reapply sunscreen um i actually drove back home um i had to splash my face with 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 water and and reapply sunscreen and drink more water starting to feel a bit dehydrated and i went back but it was it was just too hard my skin couldn't take it Mm. it couldn't take it and i wish we could have an online system or a way for them to say you just get a card number or something and you can go sit wherever and the system will call you yes you know um then we didn't need to get that sunburned but Okay. I saw your pic. That, your that was my experience. When I saw your pic, I was like, "My oh. neck, it's still covering now." And I have been applying aloe vera gel for days. Yes, that's good. Um, and I'm in my thirties now, so my skin, my skin is not as elastic as it used to. So <laughs> I yeah, am crying what, because what, I'm starting how, to see fine lines. My house. How old are you? I am 33 in two weeks' time. 
I'll be 30. Oh, so I'm 32, so I'm in my 30s too. I turned 32 this year. Wow. <laughs> Welcome to the 30. Yeah, so you know, you start looking at yourself, starting to notice all these wrinkles and lines around, fine lines around your eyes. and Oh, it's making me happy. They should do better, honestly, because. And when you say elder, elderly yeah. and babies, no, man, that's, that's too much. That's too much. It's now, inhumane. Yeah, very much so. Now, the floor is open now to anyone who would like to ask Bunny any questions. So, to the audience who are listening, welcome to Albinism Talk. Thank you so much for taking your time out with, with me and guest Bunny K. Roberts. So, the floor is open to anyone who wants to speak out. Hello. Hi. It's Sylvia here. You know me, Marilyn. Hi, Sylvia. How are you? Yes. Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Not too bad. Um, I'd like to... Uh, um, is it Bonsley? Is that how you pronounce it? Bonsley Roberts? Just Bonsley, but everyone just calls me Bonnie. Oh, Bonnie, okay. Everyone just calls me Bonnie. Yes, I noticed that you were saying um, how people, you know, um, like in the townships and, uh, um, you know, that went through, well, a very challenging times, if you put it politely, but there are some horrendous stories where I think a young lad was actually murdered, you know, it was a few years back, and they have put legislations um to try and rectify this what type of what i'd like to know what type of um albinism or pwa organizations like npos or ngos are there in south africa you know what the biggest one is we 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 do have one that is associated with it's actually a government it is an npo but it's 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 pretty much um, run by, by by the government and the Department of uh, Social Welfare, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it's called the Albinism Association of South Africa. And they are the ones that are pretty much present in every university. Um, they have offices in every province. Um, and every PWA who has financial um constraints and needs the resources we normally use like sunscreen and um, glasses and things of that nature um, they get um, assistance when they walk into any one of those offices thank you but that's the biggest one yeah right okay Um, can I ask another quick question Sure. Yeah. Often. Okay. Great. Um, the other thing um, you were saying the um, you know the discrimination. Now I don't know if you looked in my chats. I did mention a couple of things they said. Um, what's been known? If you looked, I didn't. You, you know when you mentioned the spitting, I did mention that early. Um, and all the other ridiculous myths. You know, as you say, they in a way they're laughable, but to 
but it has consequences, you know, it has a serious yes. side because for many PWAs in sub-Saharan Africa, it's a nightmare because, they, mm -hmm. you know, they very much pride themselves with black skin, but for no fault of anyone there, those who um, were born in albinism, it, it, as you say, the, you mentioned very clearly the depression, the isolation, the, the, the discrimination. I don't want to sit with you on transport. And that's why I really put, it is hell on earth for some of them, hell on earth. Yes, it's you're fortunate to have a very lovely, yeah. supporting yeah. family, but we really need to be, um, you know, try and advocate, you know, for like, that's why I mentioned about the, NPOs or NGOs in um, um, in South Africa because you know in other parts of Africa. I don't know if you heard of the GAA, the Global Albinism Alliance. It's a global. I did. Yes. You have. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. because what they're mm -hmm. trying to do is trying to get all the organizations you know sort of so they can network but also like you mentioned the south africa one nationwide to all the different regions in that particular country um you know because sub-saharan africa i'm afraid yeah. it's the worst we know i'm not sure if they, they do have a relationship with the albinism association of south africa yet I think they are registered with the GAA, the Global Albinism Alliance, you know, but I think it's regional, really. It's to concentrate, you know, like lobbying the governments, you know, to get free sunscreens and uh, for PWAs, and especially, especially the health workers, the reaction, you know, there's been testimony from Amnesty International or how they've had testimonies from the mothers who have given birth to children with albinism and how the health workers have treated them as well everything starts as soon as the pwa is born they're on the you know the husbands walk away and they accuse them of having an affair with a yes. white man or you know it wasn't there in their family and the whole it is a whole domino effect simply because you know and they you know we really have to stick together all of us whether you're in south africa in other and other parts of the world but especially in sub-sahara africa i take it personally because my mother um is from mm -hmm. sierra leone and i didn't have i won't go into details but i didn't have a happy childhood yes i was born in that in the uk but um you know it was tough let's say it was challenging it was challenging and when I heard about the killings yeah. and that, I was very, very upset because I thought that could have been me. It could have been me if you're in those countries because yeah. there is this myth, you know, you end up in pieces. You know, they killed, and the majority of them, as you quite rightly stated, literal um, pieces. A children. A children. It's barbaric. There's, you know, not sort of pretend to pussyfoot. I go to as far as being savage. Because you're killing children. It is. It's monstrous. It's horrendous. It's brutal. It is brutal. We have a case right here in South Africa. Say that again, Bonnie. Is it in South Africa? We have a case in South Africa. The guys are going through... Um, the trial is now, and it's a public trial um, that, that um, they're going through now, where... Um, to to um, 
witch doctors um, who live in South Africa but are originally from Swaziland um, uh, ducted and killed a 13-year-old girl and one of them was proudly relaying this in court, in court, how he chopped her up and had various parts. They were fighting over the head um, of, the, of the girl and the other one got to take the genitals and put them in a mayonnaise jar and um, display them in his, for a lack of a better term, pharmacy Um um, or, or what we call them in Dumba in South Africa, but it's it's basically where they keep all their medicine and, and, and all that stuff. And he displayed it there proudly. And and apparently this jar of mayonnaise with these genitals would cure all manner of illnesses and if your business is going down and you know customers are no longer walking into your shop you come and they smear this fat that's coming from the breast of this woman that was mutilated this young girl that was mutilated and it's it's you know it's oh it's disturbing it's traumatizing and every day we have to listen to these testimonies because recently there's been a space spice of killings in zambia recently and in tanzania in fact there's been two killings um last month we were in october now last month was a two year three-year-old uh, little girl it's a quite a well-known one, 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 one in the I one saw. the three-year-old one the two-year-old one was in may yeah let me interject on this one the one you're talking about is recently yeah. Another one again. Yes, there's been another one. In fact, I think two spaces. There's another September. one. Yes, hey, there, there was, was a boy. Yeah, in September. If you look on the um, I, I know about the boy, the twelve-year-old boy. Yeah. I didn't know there was another three-year-old again. Oh my no, god. No, a toddler. No. Yeah. Yeah, it's a baby, wasn't it? Uh, just recently. It's a, it's um, a it and was a baby that was snatched from the mother. That's right. And it was the father. The yeah. father. It was usually the is. Yeah. It usually is somebody. It has to be family related who knows yes. where they live. They dig yes. up the graves. Yes. They dig up the graves. This is why they have to be set in concrete. There's a pure, unrefined hatred, and I repeat, hatred of PWR, um, PWAs in sub-Saharan Africa. We cannot beat around the bush about this. Yes, I sound very passionate, but I'll try and, you know, I'd write letters to, um, you know, the our new IE, uh, Maluka um, Domen, you know, it was IK, and I write letters, um, you know, Malawi is the most notorious. Tanzania. Yes. Oh my God, yes. Uh, Botswana. You know, these are the more, and I think recently in Ghana, which I was shocked because, re as I say, recently there's a little girl who, who got snatched and um, they found her body, or what was left of it, with the head missing near the mosque, you know, in Ghana. And this is Ghana. And I was shocked because Ghana is one of the most stable in that. But it, it, it's this ritual, like you said, Bonnie, um, it's very ritual. Black people do not like PWAs. They don't. End off. They don't. It's kind of funny you said that, you know, because now Bonnie, I have to say, is in the UK, they, they're talking about Black History Month in the UK, which to me personally, I... I'm a bit, I have a mixed emotions about it. 
you know, it's good to celebrate black, black pride, black achievements and stuff like that. But you're gonna take a let's let's not beat round the bush around here because there's a lot of black and black crime for one, okay. And number two, what's going on in the albinism community is that they don't we face double racism. Yeah, that's right. From our own. From our own. Right. Yeah, you see, it's all this. It's the hypocrisy of it all. It's all this Black Lives Matter, you know, yeah. about slavery, about how, um, you know, which yes, it's historical, it's true. Yet those same people, the Black people, turn around and vent all that hatred, that ridicule, the mocking, the what I call dehumanizing, othering. You see where I'm, where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, they point a finger at outsiders who did this, this, and this to them, and yet they're doing the same to us, but worse, worse mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. us. It's it's not even it's you can't even compare the the no. the, the other one is pure devilish. It is. It is. It's, 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 it's not. Yeah, you're right. I can't even. I think I think we're, we're downplaying it when we call it hatred. This this goes beyond that. Yeah. Yeah, um, you're right. You you don't mutilate people because you hate them and and brag about the fact that you are using their private parts to make your business profitable that is that is that is no man that is evil it's sick it's sick it's twisted you know and you you hear the horror stories um, and i mean some of them you just can't believe what you're hearing and it's black people doing this to you know, they're Africans doing to fellow Africans. Some of it is so horrible. I don't need to go into detail, like you said. Oh, it's fine. Like no, it's fine. The truth needs to be said. It's fine. All right, fair enough. There's one case. Um, I think it was a young boy. Um, I, I think it was. Yes, it was Malari, and they found. Um, they found. Uh, you know, the remains, and they found at the back. You know, his innards have been. Um, you know. You know, I don't want to go into it, but you know what I mean? He was mutilated. He was, um, what's the word? Uh, he was mutilated. And uh, the, the, they found at the back of his head a hole. And what they had done, they had drained the blood out. You know, like a vampire. You know, as you say, to use as ritual. I'm sorry, I'm not going to go any further because it's just so disgusting. But this is what they do. You, you know, Amnesty International, uh, brilliant. Um, you, you've probably heard of them. And now that PWAs around Africa are giving testimonies and some of the cases that are coming out, you know, do read their report, you know, recent report. And there's an also amazing charity called Under the Same Sun by mm. Peter Ash. You know, he's a, he's a very big charity. And they take, because now they're gathering information because the PWAs, PWAs in Africa are starting to tell just what's going on there was a case i'll give you a health work there was a woman mm. um what was that oh there was a health worker who um you know she had is it is it when you have a baby antenatal you know you have your baby and you go she went to a government hospital and she um had a to go for a checkup this was a government hospital mind you yeah and she um, went in there and the doctor told her to undress, you know, to, to check her up because she was having a baby. I think it's what they call antenatal, isn't it? Because I'm not a mother, so I'm not familiar. Anyway, mm-hmm. he went out 
and brought all the nurses in yeah. and staff and stood there and mocked her because and they're saying what husband would want to go with you or got you into the condition you were not laughing at her so she left the hospital and had her baby at home now it was her first child luckily it sounded like she was all right but to feel that she had to go to have her uh, baby at home because of the mocking the scoffing you know and that's what it's like if that was in the nhs in britain they would have been disciplined they would have been dragged over the coals they really would have yeah. done but out there anything goes and about the spitting you say they spit on the floor but actually they spit at them as well i think it's sort of to like a good luck um well not good luck all you know i don't want to catch it like you say catch albinism <laughs> what have we done to deserve that i mean i can go on and on and on that's why i i'm you know we're black africa like i said in my i would want to go there i'll probably end up as a pair of shoes and a matching handbag not so much jimmy chews i'll end up as chewy jims <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> you know i'm sorry i had to sort of lighten it but uh, I, I, I this is very informative for me because i didn't know about oh yes it's very, thank you for sharing that with us, yeah. man. That to me, um, well, this is what I'm saying. These talks it's are so you, you get to you get to learn more about these. More, the more I'm learning, the more I'm learning about albinism, and the more I'm learning about the distresses of it. And it's so overwhelming to know that I, I want to tell you the truth, right? I love mayonnaise. I love mayonnaise. Okay, I eat mayonnaise with my foods. And to know that they use a PWA's body part for to put in there for remedies. Oh God, sad. It's really sad. I just hope, guys, do you really think the death penalty will be appropriate for this person, though? Be honest. I I I would I would really you know if they if they were in Botswana for example and they were this had happened in Botswana and they found them the community would want them out of prison because the community would effectively want to deal with them directly um, and they would burn them at the stake literally I don't think prison would be too good for them so in South Africa in, in, in South Africa if they get out they are going to torch them. They are going to set them alight. They normally put um, um, tires, you know, um, car tires around oh, them. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. they throw petrol at them and oh, horrible. Them Yeah. Horrible. But I know in Malawi and in Tanzania, because it got to the presidents, you know, not the current president. Um, it was Peter, um, the previous president of Malawi. And he was being interviewed about, you know, all the killings. And he was saying, like, we were saying how stupid and that. And I, you can actually watch it on YouTube, you know, um, of Malawi. And he, he said, I'll never forget what he said. Um, the, the churches at the time were, didn't speak up. This is where I'm angry. The, the churches never spoke up. You know, they should have been there and very loudly has stopped this. But he, and he said that I feel bad. I feel really bad. I feel ashamed because it's, tar it's tarnished this country. Because, you know, um, when it got out, the main killings were in 2009. 
mm-hmm. and uh, that's when it sort of peaked and there was many other mm. killings all the tea got out into the west you know tv crews were flying over interviewing pws and they're embarrassed they're embarrassed and the same thing happened in 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 tanzania it got to the president and he kicked a lot of the witch doctors out and put a lot of the pwa children into sort of protector centers in homes there now. i remember yeah you know they panic in a way they panic because their dirty little secret and i call it africa's dirty little secret was out the world the world got to know about it and they're embarrassed I'm glad I'm glad it's exposed now because you see it's kind of funny that you see what's, what I've learned is what's done in the dark is gonna come out in the light and I'm these discussions I will have this is why I'm trying to engage with more PWAs to hear these talk about the myths how you feel about it because when I saw the myths about that little baby girl um in Maine Zambia and I have to bring this up that made me cry I ball, bunny, I ball my eyes out. I ball. I'm not gonna lie because you know when you see yeah, things, wow, it was I, it was really really I have albinism, and it feels like it's happening to me. Even though it's, uh, I'm putting myself mm-hmm. in the shoes of a PWA that's a victim of these horrendous attacks. You understand me? I'm not exposed to it mm-hmm. per se. But I'm putting myself in the shoes of a person who I've experienced that. It's like it's happening to me. Yeah, it's happening. It feels like it's happening. Yeah, to no, me. I think we all we all bored yeah. with the little baby. We all and just the, yes. And the poor mama. Can you imagine? And the worst part about it is the fact that they pretended oh. to be officers, right? And not only that, yeah. Not only that, they did it in front of the, the the child's brother. So not only that the little girl got her arm dismembered, they did it in front of the mother and they threatened to kill the mother. They, you know, they threatened the family. So they took the arm of the baby. So now you're going to make the baby grow up with such hate now. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Such hate. It's already hard born with the albinism. But to make someone to disable someone with that without arm or a leg or a body part, you know, it's like life is not gonna be the same. And as I said about the mental health mm. aspect of it, you know, they say the aftermath is more impacted than the actual event. So the aftermath of having that event happen to you, of course you're gonna be traumatized. Of course you're gonna be um of course you're gonna be at a place where you just, you, you know, I, I can imagine the suicide rate is high right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. It's very high um, because they feel a sense of no hope. And like you said about the, um, you know, the trauma, mm-hmm. because it's witnessed by not just the mother fighting for her child, like any mother would. It's like a tug of war. She would not let go of her child. She will hold on to tooth and claw. But it's witnessed by mm. her other siblings. And the other siblings see this. They see the horror. And some of them are so traumatized. Some of them can't speak for weeks. They just couldn't speak. And like you said, it, it has other repercussions years later. You know, so it, 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 it yeah. affects many, many people. It, it's... it's, it's the, 
absolute cruelty. I mean, I'm going to say these people who do it. And I'll tell you this, it's not just the perpetrators, but it's done to order these customers. You know, they're actual customers and they think it seems exactly. to There is an entire syndicate that oh, has yes. been formed because there is yeah. a demand. Yeah. You know, and a lot of them are business people, politicians. They can't prove it. But they, they seem to spike during an election time. That's when it's most dangerous. It seems to spike, you know, because these yep. businessmen say, yes. oh, I need, um, um, they say, Albina. You know, I don't like the word. It's derogatory, but that's Me what too. they would say. I don't Me like too. it. You know, PWA, um, you know, parts. And we just become commodities. No longer human. We become commodities. You know, like these poor children, because a child, it's easy to grab. They're not as strong as an adult, like a man or anything. But, you know, they can grab a child. And the innocence, they, as you said, the innocent love. They're savages. They are savages. That's what they are, savages. I don't care how many degrees they have, whether they're of the cloth, of the bar, how many lands, ruler of the seas. They are savages in suits. That's what they are. Agreed. They don't have no mercy, but I imagine if they lose an arm or a foot. How would they like it if that was done to their children? How would they like it? Exactly. Exactly. You know what the painful part is? The the very same parents are the ones that sell their children. That's the part that got to me the most. Is the father does a deal. Yeah. For money. And they know that the mom wouldn't agree. So they say, keep the mom out of it. And the father orchestrates the whole thing. There's a famous picture of a little thing. boy. You know, with, with, with the little girl in South Africa that I just spoke about, mm-hmm. they managed to enter this girl's house and she's 13. There was coincidentally no one in the house and she was asleep with nothing else but her underwear on. How is that possible? If not for the fact that someone sold her out. That's what hurts for me the most. You can't even say to someone, how would you like it if it was your child? In most instances, it is their child and they still do it. That that part just, I don't know. I don't know. How do you give birth? You know the pain of birth, there is nothing like it. And then you do you allow for someone to do that there isn't enough money in the world that 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 would make me do that to someone um let alone someone i gave birth to so i don't know how these parents do it i don't know you see a lot of cases they say oh it's because of poverty you know they're driven mad by poverty i don't think that's good enough because there's a lot of places who have poverty you wouldn't chop up your children like some sunday roast would you just to get money like that there must be some you know these witch doctors or you know as you say there's a market in it like it's like that we've been produced like you know when you have like kill the rhino or the elephants they go for the tusks and for the horns you know rhino horns or um shark fins shark fins Chinese to make shark fin soup because it acts as an aphrodisiac or makes them more potent or good luck or whatever. That is the same category they've done with PWAs. You know, we've literally got yeah. bounty on our heads, you know, a body part, seven, $75,000, an arm, $5,000, a head, 
$2,000. You know, literally a shopping list of which parts they want. Mm. It's sick, mm. sick, sick. Yes. And, and, and another, another thing I have to honestly add to it as well is the fact that, you know, um, I've done a talk with, um, Bunny, I think you may know Pinky. Um, you know, Pinky, and when when she yeah. mentioned something about um, family can either make you or break you, and as you mentioned about the girl in South Africa, sometimes I look at that as a thing. I think it's a setup, big setup in a sense of they know what they were doing. They knew, they knew what they would do, so they perpetrated this. So it could be a family member that could have known where the knew the girl that was there and these barbaric acts happened. Can you imagine what she went through being raped, then being killed, then they take her body part and then they distribute it to the black markets or or whatever they do with that. And I pray that, you know, no no deed goes unpunished, guys. No deeds go unpunished. That's true. So, um, thank you, Sylvia, for your input on that. Is anyone else who want to say something in the room? Anyone else? Well, I think, um, I think everyone else is still recovering from the trauma. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, it's when I, I, I mean. Do you know what? As I said before, it's shocking to know that these things are happening in this day and age. But it's no surprise that it's happening, if you know what I'm saying. And as I said before, ignorance is for fools. And, you know, when when do we lack empathy? When do we lack mercy? Or when do we lack compassion for people? Like, when do we become so heartless and, and evil and, and 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 it's important that we get this message out and I'm very glad that Sylvia has added all this information and I'm glad that she's shared this with us tonight um, obviously time is coming up now it's almost 9 o'clock in the UK <laughs> and I know it's almost 10 o'clock so um, Bunny I'm back to you um your final thoughts on, you know, your journey of albinism and, you know, what is your message to those who are struggling with themselves? What is your message to the PWA community and also the people of colour? What is your message to them? Um, to, to our PWA community, I would say, no one can love you more than you love yourself and 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 that is an unfortunate truth and your value should never be placed on how somebody else sees you mm-hmm. tell yourself that every single day until you believe it um we are human beings and propaganda works and so use propaganda on your own self you tell yourself every single day that no one can love you um, more than you love yourself and um, your value should never be attached to what someone else thinks about you. I, I, I used to literally say that to myself every day and it works. So uh, that's what I would say. And to those who, who, who are um, 
who don't have PWA, I would uh, who don't have albinism, I would say um, we, you know, it's it's cliche in South Africa for us to say we people too, but really we are. Um, and if you just saw it as that, if you if if you can treat um, someone who is different from you in any other. Um, respect whether it is race um, gender height body size whatever if you can treat them um, as equals then there should be no difference here you know whether it is in the workplace whether it is family whether it is church whatever the case may be um, with people and lastly if you don't know ask that's what I advocate for every day and I try to promote every day if you don't no ask i would rather you ask me 10 million even if you deem are ridiculous questions i'm happy to answer them ask rather than you making unnecessary ridiculous conclusions um based on your ignorance and lack of information so ask um, if you can't understand why my skin turns white when i touch it and then it immediately turns back pink ask um if you don't know why my eyes are they you know never stand still or uh, go red when i take a picture and there's a flash you know it's 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 small things like that that could lead to to the kind of ridiculous conclusions you guys reach that could end up ending our lives so rather ask and yeah that would be my parting uh, remark Agreed. I think that's a very good point about the eyes as well. Like, um, I'm so glad you shared that with me. And just to pray, I just pray that we live in a society that people can change their mentality and their perception of a person or people with albinism. And I'm very glad that we can have this conversation tonight. Thank you so much, Bunny, for joining me on albinism talk it was a pleasure and honor to have you tonight thank you so much thank you for having me and thank you to the listeners in the room who have joined albinism talk with marvelin um just to let you know that the alpha change is an advocacy cause that brings awareness to albinism so if you would like to be a part of the yellow and yellow campaign as you can see i'm wearing yellow t-shirt for albinism awareness you can also send us your pictures on instagram or if you would like to be a part of albinism talk with me or if you are a parent who has a child or children with albinism you can also get in touch with yell for change instagram or email yell for change at gmail.com also please follow yell for change on all social media platforms this episode will be posted on YouTube. So please subscribe to Yelp for Changes YouTube channel. All previous episodes of Albinism Talk with Marvelyn is also there to watch. So thank you very much. And remember, Yelp for Albinism. Together we stand. Together we can. Thank you so much. Much love. And God bless you. <laughs>